Development and modernization is not a one-size-fits-all model. The ability of Africa to create its own path is inspiring, and it really models the mindset of its population, which is craving change. The energy agenda can only be achieved if all and every possibilities and individual initiatives are put in place. So everyone's effort is needed. My name is Jenata Jumwachi. I started Samawad with my co-founder, Jasmine. My name is Jasmine Samantar. We launched Samawad Energy to kind of combat this energy poverty in Africa. Warm greetings and welcome to Power People, a new podcast series from the Africa Progress Panel. The Africa Progress Panel consists of 10 distinguished individuals from the private and public sector who advocate for equitable and sustainable development for Africa. Kofi Annan chairs the panel and is closely involved in its day-to-day -day work. The other panel members are Michel Kamdesu, Peter Eigen, Bob Geldof, Grasa Machel, Strive Masiwa, Lina Moholo, Olushegon Obasanjo, Robert Rubin and Tijan Chiam. I'm Max Bankole Jarrett the director in charge of the APP Secretariat, and also your host for this podcast series. In each episode of the series, we'll be discussing a range of issues linked to the 2015 Africa Progress Report, Power, People, Planet, Seizing Africa's Energy and Climate Opportunities, which sets out a path to the energy transformation that Africa needs. The Power, People, Planet Report calls for a tenfold increase in power generation in Africa by 2030. Why? Well, because the need for modern energy in Africa is so, so urgent. Here's some stark facts. 621 million Africans currently live without access to electricity. And sadly, 600,000 die each year from household air pollution, simply because they rely for cooking on biomass. Throughout this Power People podcast series, I speak to individuals who are working to address this challenge by focusing on the opportunities that currently exist in Africa to, so to speak, power the future now. My guests for this episode are Jasmine Samantar and Dina Tajumwati. Coming now to why you're actually in this space, just tell me what exactly excites you and inspires you about what's currently happening in Africa's energy sector. Before I dive into that, I think we have to discuss the current state of Africa's energy sector. Right now we have about 621 million people in Africa that lack access to modern energy. That's 70% of the African population. I think there are a number of features that are driving this demand, especially the huge growth in population, urbanization, and now there's electrification through the grid. But the problem of the grid is that it's unable to spread quickly and efficiently, especially to these remote areas, and they're not meeting the needs and demands of the people. So what really excites and inspires me is the fact that renewable energy innovations that don't depend on the grid, they're being created and the prices for these energies are, are declining faster than ever. Dina and I with Samawat, we took a liking to the solar home systems in particular. And the idea of having an individual or a family directly microlease their own solar energy source for a price, we tried to make it as competitive or cheaper to their daily energy expense to the point where they eventually own it for life is revolutionary. So the thing with solar home system is that they don't rely on the grid, so they're more reliable, they're quicker to implement, and they're scalable. So by incorporating this battery into the system, the systems can store their electricity for use at night, which is incredible. It's revolutionary. Like I've said, I'm very excited. It used to be a service that was once only available to the upper class, 
in big towns and cities and now it's available for just a few dollars a week a few cents a day in rural areas so the thing is africans get to leapfrog the grid and they're acting as a testing ground for these new technologies that will make their way around the world and in my opinion this is honestly the future you say it's the future and you mentioned these uh, innovations making their way around the world what is it exactly that you think other regions can learn from Africa's innovations in this area? But Kwame Nkrumah once said that we're going to show the world that as young as we are, we're going to lay our own foundation and we have to create our unique African personality and identity. But honestly, nearly 60 years later, it's apparent that that's exactly what the African continent has done and is doing. So in terms of what Africa can learn from the other regions, I think a technology and knowledge transfer has to take place. So the continent is best equipped to kind of utilize these new innovative technologies that are emerging. In terms of what other regions can learn from Africa, the world at large has to embrace and even attempt Africa's technology leapfrogging ability. This is incredible and it's unique to Africa. So it's seen in the case of the mobile phone penetration and now with the growing implementation of renewable energies in rural locations that were never connected to the grid to begin with. I think the world really needs to understand that Development and modernization is not a one-size-fits-all model, and uh, the ability of Africa to create its own path is inspiring, and it really models the mindset of its population, which is craving change. I really think the world should take note and realize that we need to keep innovating in order to find the right solution that fits our country-specific problems. Now, it's clear that some countries are putting in place the policies that are needed by entrepreneurs such as yourselves. I was recently in Morocco for a, a talk, a panel discussion in Tangier in December 2016, and I heard a lot about what was happening in Morocco. What inspires you as far as policy innovations that are taking place in Morocco and across Africa? What is there that really makes you think the moment is now? In terms of policy innovations, the environment and the regulatory environment in favor of renewable energy and uh, climate-friendly initiatives is being put in place in Morocco. And I think that's a great example for the rest of Africa because when innovation arrives, usually the environment and especially the regulatory environment is not ready for it. And it should be able to move fast in order for innovators to be able to operate. By making the effort to move in fastly and move in at a pace that matches the one that investors are undertaking, which is a very rapid pace. Innovations are really turning around at an incredible level. I think that's where Morocco is now doing a, an incredible job. So making this regulatory environment not only ready for innovators, but also putting the right incentives because the private and the social costs of renewable energies are now not always matching because sometimes even if renewables might not be as competitive right away as other fossil energies, the social costs are obviously really, really important and they need to be taken into account. And by internalizing these costs through subsidies, just like Morocco is doing, for example, by subsidizing renewable energies, whether at the domestic or an industrial level, that's also a great step for policies. And I think that's also a, a good example. And is there anything that you think uh, is an issue of concern, though? So the main international guidelines are being agreed upon, but the national implementation is still taking a lot of time because of the political process, because of the administrative process that is behind all these policy changes. So usually the political will is already in hand. There is no 
government. We had the chance to realize it during COP22 that there's no government or minister of energy that is not sensitive to these policy needs and to these policy issues. But unfortunately, the administrative and political process make the national implementation a bit slower than would be wished for. But it's it's happening. And I think that's what we should focus on by innovators like us pushing the, the policy agenda and really asking for an environment to start working within. I think that can also go both ways. We're entering Sierra Leone, for example. And through this process, we're making the talks, we're discussing with the government that is sensitive and that when a proposition is coming to them, they're ready then to make the policy changes immediately and at a very fast pace. Now, I have a question for each of you, the same question. If you had only 30, 45 seconds to convince an African head of state of the urgency of advancing the energy agenda now, what would your message be? I would tell them that climate change is real and despite the fact that Africa only accounts for less than 3% of global CO2 emissions, the continent is beginning to experience some of the earliest and most harmful effects of global warming. And uh, some of these examples are increasing droughts, a rise in sea levels, and a decrease in agricultural yields that affects not just your nation, but the entire continent at large. And this is just the beginning. So by the transfer to modern and clean energy not only equips the continent with electricity, but rather it's going to equip school children with light to study by. You can refrigerate vaccines. There's an opportunity for girls to gain an education, which is a very, very important issue. And it will lessen the environmental and economic strains that urbanization is beginning to have on people and land. So by advancing the energy agenda, new jobs are going to be created to assist these new industries. Think about how that will affect youth unemployment. So Africa has the ability to become a global leader by continuing our trend of technology leapfrogging. It's honestly now or never. We can't wait any longer. On a more pragmatic level, maybe to compete on what Jasmine was saying, I would say that addressing the energy challenge is tackling so many other issues. Looking just at the disposable income of Africans that is spent on energy because of the energy that is used that is completely inefficient, you realize that now in sub-Saharan Africa, for the major share of the most of the poorest people, they're paying their energy or their kilowatt 20 to 90 times more than, for example, in New York, Manhattan. And this represents a share of their disposable income that is so much higher than for the richer population. It can go up to 50-60% of their disposable income. So imagine just by addressing this issue, which is making energy available at a reasonable cost, at a lower cost, how much of the disposable income you would generate and how much just by tackling this issue, so many of the others become more possible in terms of development and growth at the individual level. And it's obviously what makes the development on a more general level. Now, if you don't mind me sounding a little bit ageist, but I... (laughs) The APP now has over a million followers on Facebook. And what is most interesting for me is that the future is now in the sense that 75% of those followers on Facebook are under the age of 35. They are the youth that are Africa and they're the youth who are trying to make a change. You come from that age cohort. What is your message to the people of your generation as far as energy is concerned and getting involved in what the kind of things that you are doing? 
I would say that the energy agenda in Africa will only be completed and addressed if it's a result of a common effort, meaning that it will mix big and small projects, off-grid and off-grid solutions. It will require everyone's investment. It's true that the big projects are massive and important, and that can be very intimidating when you're just trying to address a smaller region. And you might think that your contribution may be too small or marginal compared to what other big projects can do, especially online projects. The energy agenda can only be achieved if all and every possibilities and individual initiatives are put in place. So everyone's effort is needed. So everyone should contribute. Any word from Jasmine? For my message to Africa's youth, I'll be honest. One year ago, two years ago, I had no idea that I'd be standing here and co-founding Samawat with Dina. We're all capable no matter our age and no matter our educational experience because if you're passionate and if you're driven, you're able to come up with the most innovative solutions. You just have to create an incredible team. For example, several years ago, I met Dina in college and um, during that time we attended the Wharton Africa Business Summit. And I remember we both left the conference inspired and with a million and one ideas, but the timing wasn't really quite right. And uh, earlier this year, I spent a few months in Tanzania and I traveled to the northern side of the country for a bit. And energy poverty was so rampant and the people I met were eager to tell me all their stories of struggle. And a common story I heard in a city called Karatu was that villagers had to make a bi-weekly 20-kilometer commute to pay these inflated prices simply just to charge their cell phones. And I remember I was completely shocked. And in Manyara, I met this beautiful nine-year-old girl named Aziza. And she told me that she had to drop out of school, not due to a lack of funds, which I originally thought, but because she had to trek to find wood, charcoal, kerosene to cook for their family meals. So after hearing these stories, the answer to combat this energy poverty, it seemed clear as day. And I started researching with Dina and we were as passionate about lifting Africa as ever. But this time we were able to sit down and formalize our ideas. And uh, voila, Samawat Energy was formed. Honestly, if you're driven and you're passionate, and if you have as great a co-founder as I have, Dina, she pushes me every day. And because of her constant motivation and my passion combined, we're able to push this dream and kind of help our continent fix the issues that have been arising for centuries now. You're clearly doing great work. You're clearly both very driven. And as you said, it's going to take many people getting involved in this to bring about the change that we need to see, not just we want to see, but we need to see in Africa. In your opinion, what role do you think the Africa Progress Panel chaired by Mr. Kofi Annan can best play to help advance this energy agenda? So the energy agenda, as we said, requires the common effort of big and small projects. And big projects are by their nature attractive, they find their way in, they find their way through investors and through the visibility that they need. It's harder for smaller projects. Visibility through the APP is huge and can help a lot in that sense. Another way that APP can help the energy agenda is by showcasing the initiatives that are very varied. When you look at the solutions implemented nationally, they can really vary from a country to another. And by showing the example of what some countries are doing to other countries, this can also help African countries to engage in undertaking different initiatives by being inspired from one another. So that even small projects are not isolated from one another, 
but can be confined to create a really strong, viable, replicable business models for all the energy initiatives. It has happened, for example, for solar home systems. East Africa has been a great example. It has been showcased. It has been mediatized. And now it is inspiring and more reassuring for investors, let's say, to invest in this type of projects. APP, by doing the same for other initiatives and other projects, can really help scale up, and scale is the key word in development, can really help scale up small and different projects that are addressing the energy agenda and the energy access issue. I remember when I started researching renewable energies and whatnot during my time at the UN, and I found Africa Progress Panel reports. I read the Power People Planet report, and I just loved how simplistic it was. Anyone could understand it, even if they didn't have a background in energy. And I really think Africa Progress Panel needs to keep producing these types of reports because it raises awareness and um, it's actually very entertaining to read. Even if you don't have an interest in energy, I'm going to reiterate that it's very important to read because it's so simplistic. You'll understand it. And um, I really think it'll inspire more people to kind of jump forward and start creating new innovative technologies, new solutions, new startups like Samawat. It's very inspiring. Now, if you could describe the immediate future, I'm not talking about the long term here, I'm talking about the immediate future of modern energy in Africa in one word, what would it be? You can say it in Somali, in French, in English, but what would that one word be? I'll say it in Somali. In Somali, you would say, Waurei. And Waurei is, um, there's really no direct translation into English, but what it means is it's exciting, it's amazing, it's inspiring, it's surprising even. That's definitely the word I would choose. I'm going to use Arabic to say ra'eh because this means impressive. And I think that it's true. I come 22, the only word I had was being impressed by everything that was already going on. And that was moving so much faster than what we think is actually happening when we look at this all national levels and high levels conferences. We don't realize what is underneath. And I would say that it's just ra'eh and that it will keep going like this in a very, very short term. Thank you, Dina. Thank you, Jasmine. Thank you very much. All the best. You've been listening to an episode of Power People, a podcast series production of the Africa Progress Panel Secretariat. I am Max Bankale-Jarrett. My co-producer and studio manager on this podcast series is Dan Graham. For more information on the work of Kofi Annan and his colleagues on the Africa Progress Panel, please visit our website at www.africaprogresspanel.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at at Africa Progress. And please do join our growing community of over 1 million supporters on Facebook. We really look forward to engaging with you as we continue to actively promote and highlight the myriad opportunities in Africa to power the future now. Forwards ever and all the best.